when does a Jewish boy transition into a Jewish man? It's called Bar Mitzvah. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome to Torah for Christians. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr. William Shakespeare wrote in his play, As You Like It, all the world's a stage and all its people merely players. We all know that famous phrase. But do you know what comes next? Shakespeare goes on to present the seven stages of man, from a toddler mewling and puking to an old man sans teeth, sans eyes, sans taste, sans everything. Judaism also has the stages of man, although in a much different format. In a rabbinic text called Perkei Avot, we read in part, at five years of age, a boy begins the study of scripture. At 10, the study of Mishnah. At 13, Bar Mitzvah. We'll get to the rest of the passage in the coming weeks. We see that the term Bar Mitzvah appears rather early in our history, about the second or third century of the Common Era. But just what does this term mean? Today, we tend to use the term Bar Mitzvah as a verb. Jimmy got Bar Mitzvahed. But the term Bar Mitzvah is a noun. It denotes a change of status, from a boy to an adult. And rarely does a boy become Bar Mitzvah on the day of the Shabbat service that celebrates this accomplishment. Sound confusing? It is mainly because of our ideas about the modern bar mitzvah. Let's go back to the text. According to Jewish law, when a boy becomes 13 years old plus one day, he automatically becomes a bar mitzvah. He does not have to have a ceremony. He just is one. This is not some arbitrary number 13. This transition to a bar mitzvah occurs at about the same time as puberty, when a boy transitions physically into a man. Bar mitzvah does not then mean son of the commandment, as many people mistakenly say. Rather, it means one who has taken the mitzvot upon himself. In other words, the boy now has adult Jewish responsibilities. What does that mean? In Judaism, a minor cannot act as a witness in a Jewish court. A bar mitzvah can. A minor cannot sign a legal document, such as a wedding or divorce certificate. A bar mitzvah can. A minor cannot read from the Torah. A bar mitzvah can. These are but some of the differences between a child's lack of responsibilities and an adult's defined responsibilities in the Jewish community. Perhaps, though, the most important difference in status is that a bar mitzvah can marry. This is not to say that Jewish boys get married today at age 13, or ever did. Certainly not. But in earlier days, when life expectancy was in the 30s, the father of a boy would often contract with the father of a girl and arrange a marriage. Frankly, there is no time to date 
the kids could be dead before they ever found a partner on their own. When the boy turned 13 and the girl was at about the same age, the fathers would sign a contract pledging that this boy and this girl would marry in the future. There would be a formal engagement ceremony, and then the kids would go back to their respective homes until they were perhaps 15 or 16 years old. Then they would marry and start having children. So far, we've only talked about boys. What about girls? Do they also have a bar mitzvah? The correct term for when a girl comes of age is bat mitzvah. We just substitute the word bat, which means daughter, for bar, which means son. Bat mitzvah does not mean daughter of the commandment. It means a girl who has taken the responsibilities of mitzvot upon herself. The age that a girl becomes a bat mitzvah that marks her transition to womanhood is debatable. Since bat mitzvah is technically a legal status and not an action, it too is timed to the onset of puberty. Until recently, the accepted age for a girl becoming a bat mitzvah was 12, due to the belief that girls begin puberty earlier than boys. In the more liberal streams, however, most congregations have raised that age to 13 to match the age when boys become bar mitzvah. This is done for several reasons. First, raising the age allows girls to have another year of Jewish studies. She has another year to polish her Hebrew skills and to remain involved in the religious school overall. We can all agree that adding another year of study is beneficial. The second reason is just as important. It is a matter of equity. As we will learn after the break, the traditional bat mitzvah ceremony is less rigorous than that for boys. With the move toward gender equality, especially in the reform, reconstructionist, and conservative movements, not only have we raised the age for bat mitzvah, but we also make no distinction between boys and girls when it comes to the requirements for a bar or bat mitzvah service. What are those requirements? What do these kids have to do to prove that they know what it means to become a bar or bat mitzvah? We'll discuss this after the break. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome back to Torah for Christians. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr. Before we return to our discussion of bar and bat mitzvah in Judaism, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Please remember to review and rate this episode on Apple, Spotify, or whatever service you are using. Also, please go back and listen to previous episodes if you have not done so already. We have covered a lot of material so far, and I look forward to what is to come. The modern bar or bat mitzvah ceremony is quite different than what we read about in Perkei Avot. Assuming that we are speaking of a liberal congregation, the following requirements will be the same for a boy or a girl. This ceremony is the only Jewish life cycle event that requires a synagogue affiliation. A bar or bat mitzvah ceremony must be held in a synagogue 
usually on a Shabbat morning, for several very important reasons. First, the child must prepare for several years for the ceremony. He or she will be leading the Shabbat morning service in whole or in part, as well as chant from the Torah, the five books of Moses. Many of these prayers in the entire Torah are in Hebrew. In addition, there is a prophetic portion called a haftarah that is also chanted in Hebrew. The kid will typically chant between 3 to 35 verses of Torah, depending on the congregation. The Torah is written in a stylized Hebrew script on a scroll made of sheepskin without vowels. The Haftarah is also in Hebrew, although we read from a printed text with vowels and cantillation notes on the page. The kids need to learn how to read and decode Hebrew, prayer book Hebrew that is, before they even begin to learn how to chant unvocalized biblical Hebrew. This takes several years of specialized training during the elementary and middle school years at a congregation's Hebrew school, usually in the late weekday afternoons and on Sunday mornings. Second, the kids must also learn what it means to be an adult Jew. Along with Hebrew training, religious education can begin as early as preschool. The kids study such topics as Jewish holidays, life cycle, Bible, prayer, and basic theology. They may also learn a bit of Jewish history and about social justice, called in Hebrew tikkun olam, the repair of the world. Post bar and bat mitzvah, the kids often learn about the Holocaust, the state of Israel, rabbinic texts, ethics, and other age-appropriate topics. This multi-year educational effort requires families to join a synagogue. Synagogues, in turn, provide this education. Sometimes, families enroll their children in a private Jewish day school. However, the ceremony still must take place in a synagogue sanctuary. The third reason for synagogue membership is also important. The Bar or Bat Mitzvah ceremony takes place within community. By becoming a Bar or Bat Mitzvah, the child declares that he or she is now an adult member of this community with all its rights, responsibilities, and joys. We have already learned that a bar or bat mitzvah ceremony takes place during a Shabbat morning service. To be more precise, the ceremony can take place whenever Torah is read, Shabbat morning or afternoon, or Monday or Thursday mornings during daily prayer. Since it is much easier for people to attend a Shabbat Saturday morning service than at other times, this is the most popular time for the ceremony. Sometimes, though, Shabbat afternoon is chosen, often when the child has severe learning differences to lessen the stressful event. In the more traditional communities, girls often are given the slot, and perhaps they do not read from the Torah at all. Requirements vary from congregation to congregation, but we can still speak of several commonalities. Most men and some women wear a small head covering called a yarmulke or kippah. Covering our heads shows our devotion to God, that God is above us at all times. Some Jews even wear a kippah 24-7 and not just during prayer. Also, Jewish men and increasingly Jewish women wear a prayer shawl called a talit. The talit is a fringe garment with ritually tied tassels at each corner.
This custom follows the passages in Leviticus and Deuteronomy that command us to tie fringes to the corners of our garments. Wearing a tallit and its tassels that seat seat also remind us of the commandment to leave the four corners of our fields unharvested so that the poor can glean. By wearing a tallit, we remember our obligation to those less fortunate. At the start of the ceremony, the bar or bat mitzvah dons a tallit for the first time. Often, grandparents purchase this garment and place it on the kids' shoulders. Sometimes a tallit is a family heirloom. Aside from the tzitzit, there are no other requirements so much, so much as dependent upon personal taste and style. I have already spoken of how the kids chant Torah and Haftarah. Also, the kids may lead the congregation in prayer, sometimes leading the entire service, sometimes leading only a portion. Often, the kids also give a drash, a short speech explaining and interpreting the weekly Torah portion for the congregation. Finally, many kids are also required to participate in a mitzvah, a service project, prior to the ceremony which demonstrates the family's commitment to the betterment of the world. This can be as simple as regularly visiting a nursing home or as complex as organizing a charity walk for a specific cause. The kid and his or her family choose a project based upon their reading of the weekly Torah portion and the child's interests. For example, many kids choose to do a project based on animal welfare if their Torah portion is the story of Noah's Ark. After the Torah service, the rabbi calls the kid before the Holy Ark and blesses him or her. This blessing formalizes the change of status and declares to the congregation that this boy or girl is now an adult member of the community. Finally, as we know from our study of birth rituals, it's important to celebrate. In other words, after the service, we eat. Often, the parents sponsor the kiddush luncheon following the morning service. Sometimes, the family and their guests have lunch elsewhere. However, they are expected to provide at least some food for the entire congregation, since the ceremony takes place within a public worship service and all are invited to pray as one community. In most congregations, the meal must be kosher, or at least in the spirit of kashrut following the Jewish dietary laws. Therefore, there is either a meat or dairy theme, with no pork or shellfish at all. Traditional Jewish dairy foods might include a dairy noodle pudding called a kugel, smoked fish, tuna salad, and of course, bagels, lox, and cream cheese. If it is a meat meal, we might enjoy deli foods like pastrami and corned beef, chopped liver, and a non-dairy kugel. In both types of reception, we often find Israeli foods like hummus or tabbouleh salad or old world foods like gefilte fish, a chopped and boiled fish patty, which is certainly an acquired taste. These can go with either a dairy or a meat meal. Sweets and other desserts also follow the same pattern. If the meal is dairy, the desserts can be made with milk and milk products. If the, meat, if the meal is meat, we cannot bake with milk products. That does not mean that these desserts are tasteless. They are often more creative out of necessity. Over the last few decades, to be honest, this weekend has often become a lavish affair, 
with evening parties in addition to the luncheon. In part, this is a necessity since family and friends often come from out of town to celebrate, and we must feed them. Also, the ceremony is a chance for the kids to invite their friends, Jewish or not, to celebrate with them. So often there is a band or DJ at an evening party, good food and kid-oriented food as well, and alcohol for the adults. Sometimes the parties are simple and small. It depends on the wishes of the family and their financial means. We certainly don't want families to bankrupt themselves when hosting a bar or bat mitzvah weekend. The bar or bat mitzvah ceremony is unique to Judaism. While all faith traditions have maturation ceremonies, such as confirmation in the Catholic Church, no other religious tradition places this much responsibility upon such young kids, especially the need to learn a second language. I want to thank you for listening to Torah for Christians. Please remember to rate and review this and previous episodes on Apple, Spotify, or other streaming services. You can also like us on Facebook. Next week, we will discuss Jewish marriage. We will make it easy and talk about what happens when two Jews decide to get married. In following episodes, we will deal with more complicated scenarios, such as conversion, interfaith marriage, and same-sex marriage. Stay tuned. Have a wonderful week, and remember, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for us to dwell together in unity. Till we meet again, I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians.